Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello and welcome back to the Thistle Scottish Rugby Podcast Springboks Preview Edition. Yes, the world champions are coming to Murrayfield this weekend and Gregor Townsend has just named his 23-man squad that is going to welcome them. I think it is fair to say there is plenty of discussion points. So it's David, Matt and Alan back with you on our lunch breaks from work to take you through it all. Um, Alan, I'll come to you first. If last week's team against Australia was quite predictable. How are you feeling about this starting 15? I I am shaken to my I'm on I'm honestly so thrown. We obviously had a couple of leaks sort of coming through during the week and we weren't sure what to believe or or where exactly certain players were going to get involved. But the sort of two selections, one of Hamish Watson on the bench and Haining starting and Rufus McLean starting and Darcy being dropped from the 23 that's 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 peak Tuni Tombola. It does feel like we are living in the Tombola um, as we speak. I'll take you through the the starting twenty three, uh, starting fifteen, and the, the full squad, and then come to you, Matt, for your your reaction. So in the front row, Pierre Showman retains the number one jersey. Stuart McAnally comes in at hooker uh, with Xander Fagerson at the other prop. Second row is unchanged, Sam Skinner and Grant Gilchrist. Then in that back row, Nick Haining in at six. Jamie Ritchie goes across to seven. Matt Fagerson is retained at eight. Ali Price and Finn Russell at nine and ten. In the centres, all change as well. Matt Scott comes in at 12, Chris Harris at 13. And then that back three, Duhan van der Merthe, Rufus McLean comes in for Darcy Graham and Stuart Hogg at fullback. Matt, the tombola has just been rattling, rattling around all week. We've been picking up bits and pieces. What is the biggest shock for you looking at that team? I mean, I think it has to be Nick Haining, um, particularly given he is 
or seems to be replacing Hamish Watson. Now, there's a bit of chat that Watson is maybe um, carrying a bit of a niggle, but until sort of Townsend talks about it, I'm not 100% sure what's going on there. Um, and I, I suppose just trying to get to the, to the nub of why Haining's been picked. Um, and as we spoke about last week, his performances for, for Scotland are always fairly out the top drawer in big games as well. Um, so maybe he's got some credit in the bank. And I wonder if it's a hype thing. Um, he gives you a line-out option that Hamish Watson does, um, just a bit more bulk in general. Um, but still, like, he hasn't played for Edinburgh this season. He hasn't even been on the bench. So it's it's just, it is a really left-field selection. It is, and I suppose the other big change... Um... It's probably in the midfield with um, Matt Scott coming in at 12. Now, we've been on this pod very, very positive and talked an awful lot about his performances at Leicester in the Premiership. But Alan, this is still a, a, a fairly big move away from what we'd kind of assumed was a settled centre partnership of Sam Johnson and Chris Harris. No, absolutely. And I actually think Sam Johnson probably had one of his strongest games for Scotland last week against Australia. So I, I'm i making an assumption that Sam Johnson is injured and isn't available for this week. It'll be interesting to see if it sort of comes out. I'm just looking in the, um, in the official press release. There isn't any mention of any of the personnel changes being related to injury. It's very straight. Yeah. And again, but I- that may well come out in Townsend's press conferences, which I presume are happening right now. But in the official notice, there isn't anything related to injury. The reason I think we've we've got to assume it's injury because ultimately understanding is Tua Pelota was going to be starting. He pulled up with an injury and then Matt Scott was brought in. And even if you thought that maybe they were going to bring in Tua Pelota ahead of, of Sam Johnson, you'd think the moment he pulled up, it would just make complete sense to bring Sam back in. But um, so, yeah, so you've got that. And then I think we were discussing it on the WhatsApp group. What Matt Scott's last start for Scotland was maybe sort of twenty seventeen. It was. Um, it was his last start was that Italy game in Singapore in twenty seventeen, and he there also came on off the bench against Australia uh, in that away victory. So clearly, sort of you know, over four years, <laughs> you know, literally another line to was happening at the time since. Um, since Matt Scott's been in the squad and, and you know what, he has been playing really well for Leicester, like super, super solid, but ultimately he's been shipped in against probably the best inside center in the world. So it's, it's going to be a real test. <laughs> That's a interesting uh, way of putting it. But as you say, he has been playing very, very well. Another player in fantastic form, but perhaps we just didn't expect him to be, you know, usurping a starter at this stage. Rufus McLean preferred on the wing ahead of Darcy Graham. Matt, can you get on side with the sort of any sort of rationale behind that? Um, I mean, I, we were hearing that potentially Blair Kinghorn was going to be running out at, on the wing. Um, and I can understand that when you're playing against Sadafka because he's a taller guy who, while he still has his frailties under the high ball, is probably a bit more comfortable in that area than, than Graham or, or Rufus McLean. Um, but you think if they're not going to go with Kinghorn, then you stick with Darcy, who I thought had a pretty good game last week um, and has been on really good form for, for Edinburgh. 
I think if there hadn't been so many other wholesale changes and Rufus, Rufus McLean was like the one change, I'd kind of think, okay, that's really interesting. That's there to catch the spring box out. Um, but but it, it just does seem quite strange considering it is a fairly like-for-like swap. Yeah, you've sort of got the, the, the four options. You've got McLean, Darcy Graham, Blake Kinghorn, and then Kyle Stain. And I think <laughs> of all those four... Rufus McLean was the one I thought would least likely <laughs> be getting a start against the world champions um, on on Saturday. I, I guess I I appreciate he sort of brings a big factor. He's clearly got a lot of speed, and I, I actually think he's he's pretty good under the high ball. But you could say all the same things about Darcy Graham. He's just a couple of years sort of further in his development, and and is a much more proven player. And so that, to your point, that's why I get a little bit confused. If Kinghorn or Kyle Stain had been brought in, I think I would un- understood a little bit more because clearly they're there performing a certain role. They bring slightly different sort of strengths and capabilities. But actually, Rufus McLean isn't that different to a Darcy Graham. Mm. And so it feels, I'm, I'm just not 100% clear what, I don't I think Darcy's been, you know, standout world class. But actually, I think at, at fullback against Tonga, he was pretty solid. And I think when he, was given the opportunity. He was really he was relatively um, strong at the weekend. So it's that that's th- it's not throwing me as much as Haining, but at the same time, I think with all these things, you're trying to sort of understand right what logically are the are the coaching staff going through, and I just can't quite understand what what they think Ruth McLean can bring that Darcy Graham couldn't. Well, yeah, we'll see if we see if anything comes out of Tooney's press conferences. And if we pick anything up, we will um, put stuff out on our social channels um, at Thistle Rugby Pod on Twitter. will be the best place to follow us for that sort of thing. Let's stick with Nick Haining, Alan. Was it last weekend or the weekend before that you were saying that Nick Haining has the best per minute performance for Scotland of all time? Or are we backing him for another big 30 to 35 minute world-class performance at the weekend. Well, bloody well hope so. It's, you know, again, you know, as we said, not, not only, and I think he's, he must've had sort of a couple of, a couple of sort of injuries, but you know, not only has he not been starting for Edinburgh, but he's not even been on the bench. You know, it's people like Connor Boyle and, and Kunavula and Bradbury who've been sort of, um, Either either coming in to fill in for people like Watson or being on the bench and supporting. So so Bradbury, trying to think back, will not have had a minute of rugby since May. So what? Near on sort of six months, Nick Haining has not played a professional game of rugby and hasn't played at all against Tonga. Wasn't in the squad last week (laughs) and is now... Played a bit against Tonga. Did he? Oh, sorry. Okay. He uh, scored off them all. Oh, yeah. Apologies. So he's played 20 minutes against Tonga. And now he's coming in to play six against Khaleesi. Oofed. And look, maybe this is sort of a new tactic. Maybe you, maybe Haining is the guy that we just, is it only plays sort of three times a year. We just let him kind of like build it up, build it up, build up, and we just unleash him. And he just has Ireland away, France away, 
you know, South Africa, just these big pivotal matches where we just need them to deliver like a 45 to 50 minute like grandstanding performance. And and that's it. And if, if that is the plan, I'm, I'm, I'm here for it. But um, and then you bring on Mesh for the last half hour. Yeah, but even then, it's you know, I, I guess you know, someone like so they obviously decided that they you know to Hanny's point, there's obviously the lineup options. Although I can't quite comprehend why you need more than four lineup options. Five, you know, once you've got to the four, it feels like you've got enough lineup options to sort of like at least you know have a very sort of solid base. And I appreciate you know we're not the greatest when it comes to lineouts but you know with the people there that should be enough and then when you think about sort of an open play you know Haining's probably the most is actually probably the most dynamic of those of, of those kind of four options in terms of just getting around the park clearly he you know he used to be a back but obviously I could see the sort of a rationale for having Matt Ferguson from a sort of a ball carrying standpoint but I ultimately think that Watson probably gives you more than Matt Ferguson I, I don't understand why you couldn't have potentially potentially gone for a back row of just having Haining at eight and keeping Watson at six. I'm just not sure that you lose much by doing that. I also, you know, just personally for someone like Hamish Watson, you know, clearly I think he would have been upset with the amount of game time he got against South Africa. Obviously he just came off the bench in that first match. And I imagine he would have had a lot he would have looked at this as a way to kind of like make up for what he would have probably seen as a little bit of a disappointment given sort of the, the lines to. Yeah. Sorry. I was just looking for a quick, I was um, searching to see if anything's come out of the press conferences to see if um, anything around Hamish Watson has been announced. Nothing as of. um, Yeah. I mean, looking at these changes, Matt, what can we read into how Scotland and Gregor Townsend are approaching the challenge of South Africa? Well, part of me thinks that putting in Haining, you've got a bit more bulk, maybe, um, as I said, a bit more height. And I suppose maybe the game plan would be to try and compete up front with the South Africans for sort of 50, 60 minutes and then bring on your maybe lighter but more dynamic players like Ashman, Watson and, and get them in the game. Um, you know, hopefully when the, the South Africa pack is pretty tired out. Um, you know, I think if if they did select Kinghorn on the wing, that would maybe indicate a more um, sort of defensive, conservative way of way of attacking. But I think I think with Rufus and, and Matt Scott coming in those positions, I actually don't think the back line changes that much in terms of the style um so i think that actually matt scott and sam johnson are pretty similar players like physical good in defense but you'd be happy ready to pop the question the jewelers at blue have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds and they're ready to ship to your door Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. 
Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Be having them as a sort of second uh, receiver. Um, and yeah, I, I kind of look at that South Africa team and it's obviously very strong, but they're they're not, they don't have their first choice halfbacks, uh, no Colby, no Mal Herb. Obviously, Steph the Tars toy's been injured for a while. Um, and I think they'll they'll feel more confident than maybe they would have if those guys had, had been there. Um, yeah, it's it's. I think, this, as, as Alan was saying, the selection is so strange that it, it doesn't necessarily signal like one way of playing, if that makes sense. Do you think... Tooney agrees with Stephen Jones that Hamish Watson is too small to play against the uh, Springboks. I mean, he's played Watson against the Springboks before, um, but then, and, and you think that the Lions was Gatlin's decision over his. Um, I, I can. I, there must be something tactical there. I don't think it's a size thing. That would be a great Lions sort of narrative buster if. Actually, it was um, Townsend was saying that Mish shouldn't go because he's not big enough, and Gatland was actually the uh, Gatland overruled him. Hundred percent. Interesting to see. It's interesting what some of sort of the the ex pros who are in the media, who you know, people like Barkley and, and House and stuff, are obviously quite close to people like Hamish Watson. It'd be interesting to see if anything sort of comes out because yeah, be really in- if it is tactical and it's not any sort of injury. Then just trying to get, just trying to understand that a bit more, because I, I, I just don't, I just don't get it. I, I could have got Haining and Ferguson, but g- given the level of performances that Hamish Watson is putting consistently for Scotland over the last sort of twelve months, <laughs> coming off a man of the match performance last week, and he just sort of has these moments, I think, because he he can kind of go a little bit quiet. But for example in that sort of first 20 minutes when Australia were on the line and he got that turnover right in front of the posts, that's just something like once or twice in, in each game, in the big games that Hamish Watson's been delivering. And, it, and it's not something someone like a Matt Ferguson can give you. And it's probably not something quite like, even as Jamie Ritchie is giving you on a real sort of consistent basis. Um, but yeah, as I said, I'm shook, truly shook. It's the... I think it's out of the last, not since Chris Harris starting for Wales against Wales have I been this shaken by a Tooney decision. Yeah, I mean, when as as you said at the top, you know, we were getting little sort of wicked whispers from from camp over the last couple of days, and genuinely, none of us could make head nor tail of them. It all felt like we were living in a simulation, like when we pretty much dismissed Watson going, being on the bench out of hand. Yeah, exactly. 
it's uh, I mean it's it's hugely uh, hugely hugely interesting and I can't wait to to be at Murrayfield. Matt, what time are we meeting in the in the Roseburn on Saturday? It's quite an early kickoff, isn't it? I think it's a one o'clock kickoff, so maybe the Rosie will be open at sort of like eleven special early opening time. <laughs> Breakfast buffet at the Roseburn. Yeah, exactly. And then straight along the road. Good calf across the other side of the road. Get we that's true. We'll fry up and then. <laughs> I mean, is there, any, is there anything further that we need to that we want to discuss on the team? I mean, we're we're a little bit dumbfounded and obviously slightly time uh, slightly time bound by uh, doing this in the middle of the day, but it feels like there's huge amounts of uh, huge amounts of uncertainty. I think sort of front five, you know, I think one of the main positives from um, from last week is a how the sort of front five perform which is you know still sort of relatively probably inexperienced front five appreciate sort of turner and, and rambo and i was, are going to be sort of switch switching around oh sorry rambo's coming in for turner but i think it was great to see you know scotland scrum really sort of asserting itself on australia and you know i don't expect to see that this weekend but i think it gives kind of good signs for our ability to manage that sort of south african pack which ultimately was probably one of the main reasons why wales lost the match last week. And then I think you look at some of the bench, I think there's been a lot of chat about kind of probably the quality of our bench versus sort of South Africa. And I think on paper, it's it's a very sort of fair, fair comment. But I think actually people like Hodgson, when they came off the bench at the weekend, really stood up, were really physical. And and hopefully, again, it's it's obviously a complete sort of step up in in opponents, but hopefully they can sort of bring that same level of performance this weekend. But I do think the bench the bench will be an issue, especially in the pack when you compare sort of like for like. I think the front row versus the bomb squad. I mean, yeah. Ashman's a very good young talent, but he is just that. And then Batty and Kebble. Um, Against Marks, Kitchoff, and Vincent Cock, and then Lou Dieger as well against Jamie Hodgson. Yeah, it's di- it is different class, and that's no disrespect to those lads, but the South African bench is a joke. <laughs> exactly, and actually Visa, he's you know, not too dissimilar from Watson in terms of being that quite like squat, really sort of powerful, sort of impactful player. Um, so yeah, I guess it's the fear that maybe some that you might have a similar match to Wales where it's like quite tight, but then South Africa just able to sort of pull away in that last kind of like 15 minute period. Well, veering into predictions there, um, we are working, of course, with the guys at Match Pint for this Autumn Nation series and their Guinness Pint Predictor game, which we encourage you all to get involved with. That's the, if you download the Match Pint app, find the Guinness Pint Predictor and then you can play along, you guess who's going to win the game and then you say by how much um, as well. And you can enter our league, which is capital letters Thistle. And you can play with, I think there's over 350 people on there as well. Alan, you've broken into the top 10 with your predictions. You must be feeling pretty chuffed with that. Yeah, I got, um, I, I actually got the Scotland match exact. <laughs> well, start, I- starting from that extremely high point then, what is your what is your Guinness pint predictor prediction for Scotland South Africa this weekend? Yeah, it's interesting. I think you know I was just thinking through to sort of the the 2023 Rugby World Cup, and I think there's probably three teams that I think that this Scotland team still struggle with mentally, and I think you know New Zealand's just one of them, and 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 that's sort of kind of a, a separate case. 
Ireland is one where I think this this Scotland team really struggles against Ireland, especially kind of up front. And then I think South Africa is sort of the third one. You know, we haven't, we, I know we, last time we beat them was sort of 2012, but I think we've it's still sort of a team that I, I still feel like Scotland aren't particularly confident going in against. And you know, the, the sad case of that is two of those three teams are in our group for the 2023 Rugby World Cup. You know, you look at Australia and I think for most of the Scotland team, they they don't they they see them as kind of relative peers, and I think the same with people like France and increasingly England. But with South Africa, I think this is a really sort of big moment for this Scotland team to be able to sort of kind of look, not put South Africa on this sort of pedestal and sort of see them as see them in kind of equal terms. Saying that, I still think South Africa will win. Um, I think whilst it didn't really hurt us too much, I think Cummings and Gray and Sutherland and Brown all being out is going to just impact us up front. And I think those are the sort of players that would really have helped us. So I'm going to go with South Africa to win by eight. But I think it's going to be tight with about 20 minutes to go. Lovely, lovely stuff. Matt, what do you reckon? Yeah, I, I think that South Africa, you know, they can only really play one way, but I think they're going to double down on that. I think that they will reckon they can beat us up um, and that'll be enough on the day. And, you know, you look at particularly their, the back five of their pack. Um, it's, 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 a, it's a, a match for anyone. Or it's enough to dominate anyone. Um, and I do just slightly worry about our subs. And I can just kind of see a scenario where we get one or two injuries and you know, there's people filling in in random positions and that kind of thing. And, you know, we're, we're in it for a lot of it, but I think South Africa will pull away. Um, but then there is a part of me, if you're, if we're going down our sort of narrative route that you've got Finn back, he will be determined to show that that performance uh, for the Lions in the summer wasn't a flash in the pan. He loves the big occasion. Um, and then around him, you know, you, you've got, those guys who did play in the Lions, you've got this sort of once in a generation team that people are talking about. And I think, you know, we've, we've got as good a chance as we've ever had. Um, so it, I think it's a tough one. I think, I think South Africa will pull away and we'll be able to physically dominate. So I've gone for South Africa by 12. South Africa um, by 12. And it's maybe a bit harsh, but I, I just still think, as Alan said, this is the exact kind of team that, Scotland do tend to struggle against. Yeah, and I'm not going to break the mould. I've gone slightly tighter. I've gone South Africa by five, but it does feel that in that sort of exact vein that if it comes down to the full 80-minute contest, South Africa's squad depth of 23 is just, it is just better than ours. And I think that is probably going to be the telltale factor when it comes to Saturday. But it'll be an absolute belter. Looking forward to a lot getting down to Murrayfield for the first time this season. Um, really, really excited about that. Um, so until then, guys, get yourself onto Match Pint. Join the league, Thistle, um, and put in your predictions. Follow us on social media. That's at Thistle Rugby Pod on Twitter. We'll be doing, I guess, because Matt and Al, Matt and I are at the game. Alan, you'll be on you'll be on comms this weekend, won't you? I will. I will. Just um just a quick update. Go so on, uh, Andy Burke said that he's clearly sort of asked a question or 
Tunis sort of Andy Burt from the BBC. Andy Burt from the BBC. And he said that Haining gets no nod over Hamish Watson for th- he's listed three reasons. Haining's six nations to pl- display in Paris is a big factor. Watson's not had a lot of rugby, so they need to manage him. And he's used the classic the last twenty is as important as the first twenty against South Africa. So that's the sort of rationale they're using. Now, what I would say is, and I'm probably going to get this wrong, I've had a quick look through the last Edinburgh games. So we know Nick Haining had 28 minutes against Tonga. I think from what I've just looked at, that Nick Haining before that match hadn't played since that Six Nations game against France. I can't see him in any (laughs) Edinburgh team, either at the back end of last season or at the front end of this season. So that middle one about Watson not having a lot of rugby, (laughs) completely mental. (laughs) Haydings had 28 minutes of rugby since March 2021, from what I can see. So I think it's like when Sir Alex Ferguson always used to like famously like pick players on the periphery and be like, we've got Burnley coming up. That's your big day. Do you think Tooney after the France game was like, look, Nick, put your feet up, but come South Africa in November, that's that's your time to shine? Yeah. I mean... I guess so. <laughs> like, it's, yeah, well, we will see. I mean, I guess, I suppose they have to manage Hamish Watson as well, but also, do they well, should, rest, him, yeah. rest him against Japan? Yeah, you could play him for a 50 as well, if you thought, if you were worried about it. Hmm. Well, the plot certainly thickens. So make sure you're uh, tuned into our social channels. If you're not at the game on Saturday, that'll be Thistle Rugby Pod on Twitter, um, Thistle underscore Rugby underscore Pod on Instagram. And the newsletter, get yourself onto Substack. We had record um, readers for that last week. Thank you very much for that. Matt's hard work on Sunday nights to get that with you on Monday morning. So that's on Substack, Thistle Scottish Rugby Podcast. Enjoy the rugby. We will be back with you next week. Um, until then, speak to you soon. Cheers. See ya. See ya. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.